Welcome everyone. My name is Darren Snow and I am the senior pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Aurora, Illinois. And I am so glad that you are joining us for today's podcast of our weekly Sunday sermon. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, Sandra, team. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Spirit break out. <laughs> heaven come. Some of you are saying heaven better come down before Pastor Darren keeps singing. You may be seated. What a beautiful, beautiful song that is. We do so many just wonderful songs, and I tell you, that is, that's a good one, no doubt. Hey, uh, well, welcome, everybody. What a, what a tepid, what a horrible response. Good morning, everybody. There we go. All right. It's really good to have you here today, this morning. Welcome. For those of you, uh, I'll echo uh, Melvin, if, if you're visiting with us today, we want to welcome you here to Crossroads Community Church. Uh, my name is Darren Snow. I'm the senior pastor here, and on behalf of Pastor Juan and Pastor Matt, Pastor Caleb sitting back there, and uh, all the rest of our staff, we're, we're just glad to have you here. If you're, um, if you're watching this online, maybe for the first time, we want to welcome you here to our church. And, and I'd like to think that you are here on a, on a good Sunday. Uh, today is, in fact, the conclusion of, uh, the finale, if you will, uh, of our series on vision entitled All In. It's just been a real simple little series. It's week number seven, if I didn't say that. So for six weeks, we've just been going through every single week our vision, our mission, our core values, and the biblical foundations for each of those is what we've been doing. So it's been a real simple little series. Now, back in week one, for those of you that were here seven weeks ago, uh, I asked the why question as we began this little journey. And it was simply, why in the world are we going to take seven weeks to talk about vision and mission and core values? Are they really that important? And I, I hope that you would agree now, seven weeks into this, that in fact they are really, really important. I mean, every organization is different, you know, corporations, parachurch ministries, church uh, ministries, certainly. Uh, everybody's different. And for some, these are probably just, uh, I don't know, words on a page or on a website. But for us, they really mean something, and they truly are uh, our North Star. We keep saying that. Uh, they keep us focused. They keep us moving forward, and they really do help us keep the main things uh, the main things. And so that's why we've taken this time to go through them. There's been a little series thread that we have pulled throughout this series, and this little thread has also helped uh, answer that, that really important why question. Hopefully this is going to ring a bell with you if you've been uh, part of this for the last few weeks, and that's this. We want to be a church that measures what matters, and what, what, measure what matters to the Lord, not just to us, okay? We want to be a church that measures what matters, and we want to be a church that celebrates what God celebrates. A lot of times we get off you know, on a little tangent here or there, and we're celebrating things that in, in the grand scheme of God's economy, he couldn't care less. Okay? So we want to celebrate the things that God celebrates. And so today, we're going, to, we're going to take six weeks now, and we're going to put it all together in something that we do not do very often. Last time that we did this was about six years ago. I'll touch on that here in just a bit of what we're calling Vision Sunday. And so we're going to put all the last six weeks together. And this really is a time for us as a church, if you call Crossroads Home, to just take a deep breath uh, and to dream a little bit to imagine a little bit, to look out, and to imagine the church that God truly is calling us to be as we continue to grow into that church. And I think we have done a lot of growing in the last six years to grow into that kind of a church. Now, before I get there, I'm going to go through this really fast, but I thought that it would be important for us 
to take a, just a short snapshot of the previous six weeks. So maybe you're visiting for the first time. This will give you a, a chance to kind of see where we have been. Maybe you missed a week or two. This will give you a chance to get caught up. And I would urge you, all of our messages are on our website. And so hopefully, maybe you'll see one or all of them and go, you know what, I really need to watch that because all of these are interconnected. So I'm going to go through these just real quick, and here we go. Let's start with our vision statement, which is, there we go, expanding Christ's kingdom by growing disciple makers. There's a key word for us, disciple makers and planting churches. And our biblical foundation for that vision statement is Matthew 4, 19. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Some of you know it, fishers of men. Our point of truth that day was very simply, God chooses us, he transforms us, and then he releases us on mission to make disciple makers. Okay, mission statement. Loving well by reaching out in Christ. That is a simple uh, putting together of the great commandment and the great commission. Luke 27, uh, Jesus said, love God and love others. Love God and love people. Matthew 28, 19, if you call Crossroads home, you should, you should say this verse in your sleep at night because this is when Jesus said what? He said, go and do what? Three of you know it. Awesome. We got to do this series again, Pastor. Go and make disciples. Right? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That point of truth that day was simply our mission centers on relationships, not dry legalistic religion. Then we jumped into our core values. Let's again go through these real quick. Core value number one is love, which is synonymous with us with worship. Worship. Romans 12.1 says that we are to present all that we have, all of who we are as a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual worship. Point of truth that day is this. The Christian life is a life of total, total surrender and total submission to him. Core value number two. So we go from love to connect. This is Pastor Caleb preached this message, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Stir one another up. How many of you have not been able to look at your coffee cup the same since Pastor Caleb's little, yeah, little illustration? We are to stir one another up to love and good works as we meet together, encouraging one another. Point of truth that day. Connection inspires effective Christian living. We were never meant uh, to walk the Christian life in isolation. Uh, Lone Ranger Christianity does not work. And then, uh, let's see, core value number three. Uh, probably my personal favorite is grow. Love, connect, grow. Romans 12, 2, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Jesus wants to transform our minds. He wants to transform and change the way we think, the way we feel, and the way that we choose, if you remember that from two weeks ago. And then uh, last week, was the fourth of those core values, Love, Connect, Grow, Serve. We connected that with Missions Sunday. Uh, wasn't that video at the end of the, our time together just awesome? It just, it just beautiful. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 8 says that we are called to not only share the gospel, but also to share ourselves as well. And we are not simply meant to be a transactional people where we're just doing good things or even, you know, well, we shared the gospel with three people this week. Check it, check it, check it, check it. Uh, all those things are good things. But we must love people based upon our love for Jesus and his call for us to love people. So our point of truth last week, Jesus calls us to love people even as we serve them. So again, that's about as quick 
as it can be done. If you missed any of these, please go back and check them out on our website. They are all connected. So we take all of these, we put them together, and this really is our foundation. Uh, this is who we are. This is unapologetically, actually, unapologetically, very straightforwardly, what we believe. And for better or for worse, this, this is us. And these have been truly, put all those together, these have been that North Star uh, for the last six years. If you were with us six years ago uh, when I laid out uh, a little vision series and a vision Sunday, this, this was, was going to be a big change. And for any of you that have ever helped to lead cultural change, whether, again, it's in a corporation, a parachurch, a school, uh, Al, I see you back there as one of our principals. Uh, here at a church, changing culture is easier said than done. It really is. And so we laid this out about six years ago, believe it or not, and these vision, mission, and values have kept us moving forward. Now, let me just ask this kind of rhetorical question. I'm going to give you a quick answer. Are we 100% completely there yet? And the answer to that would be no. And I don't think this side of heaven will ever completely be there. So are we completely there yet? No, not at all. But I do believe, I do believe, and I think you will agree, those of you that call Crossroads home, that, that we are well on our way to being truly a disciple-making church. And we're starting to get a much better sense of who we are and the church that God is calling us to be. And so, again, what we're going to do now is just take a moment to dream a little bit, have a little bit of imagination, a little bit of vision, and let's look out into the future and let's see what that is going to look like, the kind of church that God is calling us to be. And I'm going to give you five of these. If you have your bulletin notes, you'll see them there, uh, and you can make some notes maybe as we go along. So here's the first one that I'm going to throw at you, and it is simply this. God, without a doubt, is calling us to be a disciple-making church. And if I said anything other than this, John, you should throw a rotten apple at me or something, okay? Because this, this is, when I talk about this is us, being committed to truly being a disciple-making church, this is it. Making disciples, growing disciples, this would be the engine of everything we do. The heartbeat, the essence of who we are. And we didn't come up with this. Pastor, you didn't come up with it, neither did I. This comes right out of Scripture, right? Matthew 28, we take that seriously. Go, go into all the world and make disciples. And I think the greatest compliment we could ever have, whether people like us or don't like us, agree with us or, or not agree with us, uh, is simply this. Those guys, they're serious about making disciples. That is the greatest compliment I think we have. They love Jesus and they're serious about making disciples. Now, Let's take another little step here, okay? Growing disciples happens in lots of different ways, lots of different ways. But I want to focus just on two that are really important for us now. And here, really what I'm saying is uh, as it, these will never, ever go away. These will never, ever, ever change. So a couple of ways that, that we're very intentional uh, about making disciple makers. One is what we do when we come here on Sunday mornings uh, for worship, and that is simply this. Saints, we're going to do the best that we can to preach and to teach the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. That is what we are absolutely committed to. And let me take that a step further. And that is this. Guys, we're going to preach and teach the Bible, the parts that we like, the parts that we're comfortable with, as well as the parts that we're not so comfortable with. Okay? We're going to teach the whole enchilada. 
We say this all the time, that, that Scripture is not a buffet. So my, my, my dear friend Brett, much as I love him, Brett is not going to be able to go down uh, Scripture as if it's a buffet and Brett say, you know, I love this and I love this and I like this and this is really, really good, but this, 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 and this, I don't want anything to do with. It does not work that way. So we're committed to teaching you and preaching the entire Bible. And you say, well, what's so visionary about that? Saints, I saw something uh, this week on Twitter, so if it's on Twitter, it must be true. <laughs> but I saw this, seriously, and, and it simply said that only 2% of all American churches actually preach and teach the whole Bible. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's true or not. But whatever that actual number is, I can guarantee you it's not 100%. Okay? We can't speak for anybody else. This doesn't make us prideful or arrogant. I'm just telling you as straightforward as I can say it is that we are committed to preaching and teaching the Bible. And uh, next week, oh my goodness, please come back next week. I'm going to do my best not to scare you off. And the reason why I'm asking you to come back next week is because next week we're going to start something that we do a lot of here at Crossroads. And we love doing books of the Bible. And I'm as excited about the series that, uh, that we're going to kick off next week as, as any that we've ever done. Uh, next week, we're going to start a seven-month journey into the book of Ephesians, walking in the light. How many of you love the book of Ephesians? It's awesome. Now, listen, some of you, you don't even know, you don't even know there was a book of Ephesians. <laughs> I'm being serious. It doesn't matter. Don't let any of that intimidate you, Okay. But Ephesians has six chapters. I counted them up, 155 verses. We're going to unpack all 155 verses, and we're going to have an awesome time doing it. Okay? It is such a beautiful, uplifting book. But we are committed, again, to preaching and teaching the Bible, and we will never, ever, ever stray from that. We believe from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet that Scripture is, in fact, the inerrant, inspired, infallible Word of God. Breathed out. And how incredibly blessed we are to have that book. We believe in the book. Here's the second thing, guys. This is, uh, and this is nothing new, but I, I want to underscore this as well. Is not only are we committed to preaching and teaching the Bible, but we are committed to group life at this church. Everybody, every church calls them different. You know, ours are life groups, small groups, you know, but life groups. And this is not just for adults. I can't underscore this enough. This is also for our children. This is for our middle and high school students. And this is obviously for us as adults. Now, let me throw a, a, a couple of stats at you and a, and a little vision casting for you. So right now, there are, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round up 10. There's actually uh, the exact number as of this morning. There are 1,490 people that call Crossroads home. Now, those are active participants. So that's not pie in the sky, all right? When, uh, so I'm going to round up. There's 1,500 people that call Crossroads home, Okay. Uh, that includes children, that includes students, all of us together, 1,500. Um, of that 1,500, 35, just over 35% are actively involved uh, in one of our life groups, okay? About 35%, a little over 500, which in church, in the church world, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good number. But guys, if we're going to dream, let's dream big. If we're going to have vision, let's throw it out there. And so you think, what would it look like? Imagine a church of 1,500 people uh, where we doubled that and we had 70% of our folks. Now you say, well, that's just, guys, numbers are just numbers, but see, numbers are people. So imagine what it would look like if we had just over, that would be, if you do the math, it's just over 1,000, but 1,000 children, students, adults, getting deeper into the word every week and and, and getting deeper into, think what that change would be in our church, Okay. So we're committed to being a disciple-making church. We're committed to preaching and teaching you the Bible. 
and we're committed to life group because, guys, when we gather together on Sundays in rows, it's awesome. I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're watching. Rows are awesome. But as awesome as rows are, circles are even awesomer. All right? We go deeper in circles. So we want to invite you. If you're not in a circle, okay, let's get in one. All right, let's keep moving. Here's a second one. And, and I, I've been talking about this for a while now. Um, staff knows, pastoral staff knows, uh, elders know that this, this has been on my heart. It will not go away. And that is this call for us to truly be a family life church. Okay? Let me say something that is in no way, shape, or form, form or fashion hyperbole. I think you will agree with this, and that is simply this. That the family, as God designed it, is under attack like never before. That's just the truth. If you, you know, we can agree to disagree if you want to. But I know that, I know that as a fact. The, 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 the nuclear family, as God designed it, is under attack. So saints, we are compelled. We must. We must. That's not just me. Right? We, all of us, but your church leaders, we must do all that we can to build up and strengthen families. And so the vision there is really simple, saints, and that is that we are going to continue and continue and continue to pour more resources into children's ministry, student ministries, as well as family ministry, which would be marriage and parenting. I mean, listen, children's ministry has always been important. Being a kid, you know, listen, I I grew up in the 70s. Growing up in the 70s wasn't a walk in the park. There was a lot of stuff going on in the 70s, and I partook of most of it, okay? But, but being a kid now, right here, right, girls, sitting right down front here, hmm? Hadley, it, it, it's no walk in the park. It's hard. So we must pour all of our resources, everything that we can, into building up strong families. So let me be a little bit more specific. Last fall, August, early September, uh, through Pastor Caleb's uh, leadership, we rolled out Parenting with a Purpose, and it was awesome, okay? It was, hey, you can clap if you want to, Becky. It was awesome, okay? Whether you've been married six months or never been married or been, you know, Julie and I are hitting 35 years this year, but we, pouring into marriage relationships has never been more important. And then, and so that's not going away. That's not just a one and done. That's going to be a part of our annual rhythm, all right, as the Lord leads us in that uh, direction. And then this weekend, as in Friday and Saturday yesterday, Friday and Saturday yesterday, uh, we rolled out, again, under Pastor Caleb's leadership, marriage with a purpose. We had, yeah, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, um, had 150 people that signed up for that. Um, marriage and, and pouring into each other, pouring into our kids. So parenting with a purpose, um, marriage with a purpose. Now, guys, here's, let me give you, so we don't have it all figured out, believe it or not. I know that's a shock that we don't have it all figured out. Here's, here's kind of where we are. So let, let me share a little bit of, about what we as a staff, what, what your elders, what we're really trying to figure out, okay? We have three big buckets uh, that kids with children, excuse me, parents with children, we've got three buckets going on right now. One of those buckets is the public school bucket, which is the largest bucket. Most of our kids are in the public schools. Then we have a smaller bucket, but that would be those with kids that are in private schools, okay? Roar Christian might be an example. Parkview might be an example. There are many around here. And then we also have a homeschooling bucket, okay? So here's the question for us as leaders that we're spending a ton of time in right now, and that is how can we best partner 
with families, with parents, and with our kids? How can we best partner with and minister to all three of those buckets? What does that look like? This is the thing that has been so heavy on my heart for the last year. What does that look like? Okay, how do we minister to? How do we build up? How do we strengthen those? So I would ask you, for those of you that keep a, a daily prayer list, and I know many of you do, put your elders and church staff leaders on that list to be praying for us specifically when it comes to this issue. What does that look like for us? Okay, so let's move on. Number three. Saints, we know that God is calling us to be a kingdom-focused church. Now, what does that mean? It just simply means actively living out the Great Commission. Okay? I know it's a shock to you. Saints, listen to me. This is having a heart for the lost. Having a heart for the lost. When we ever get to the place as a church where it becomes more about us than about them, that is the first, down, first step down the slippery slope. There are more churches closing in the United States of America now than have ever closed in the history of our country. And you know what the first step is? The first step is when your church becomes a little country club. And it becomes all about us. Now, don't get me wrong. We're doing all that we can to pour into you. That's what I was just talking about. It's not either or. It's both and. But we must, we must, we must have a heart for the lost. There's got to be a holy discontent that there are people in this world who do not know Jesus. So we must continue to be a kingdom-focused church. So to that end, we want to teach you and continue to teach you how to share your faith, who Jesus is, what he has done. This is what we call here at Crossroads being a full-circle church. We want you to be a full-circle Christian. We want this to be a full-circle uh, church. What does that mean, full-circle? Simply come to know Jesus. There's step one. Step two, grow in your faith. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help you grow in faith. But it's that third little step. It's coming first circle is where so many churches, and we were at one point missing that as well, and that is help someone else do the same. Right? So, Mike, when the Lord gives you an opportunity to share your faith, you step out in faith, you do that. Mike can't save anybody. I wish he could. He can't. That's, that's the Holy Spirit's domain. But for us to step out and share our faith so that someone else can come to know Jesus, so that they can begin to grow in their faith, and then we ask them to do what? The same thing. Are you with me? That's how the gospel propels that's being a full circle church. So for us specifically, what does that mean? What are some outgrowths of that? Well, it's right there in our vision statement, saints. We're called to plant churches, all right? And in the last five years, we've helped to do that twice. One uh, is, has been helping to support uh, Pastor Kyle Jennings and Mission Church, now called Gospel City Church. Oh, by the way, they have now merged with another church uh, out in Montgomery. What a blessing it has been to support Pastor Kyle. Uh, that was... Uh, Five years ago, right before, four years ago, Pastor, right before COVID hit. How'd you, like to, how'd you like to plant a church during COVID, all right? Well, that's what Pastor Kyle got to do, and the Lord has blessed that church. And then, let's not forget, even though it's not a church plant in the classic way, because we are Una Iglesia, we are one church, but this coming June, we will be celebrating the two-year anniversary of Crossroads in Espanol with Pastor Juan Guillen. And, and, and guys, let me tell you, listen to me, I cannot tell you what a blessing that has been. I cannot tell you what a blessing that has been. We've got, I don't know, Pastor, eight, nine, ten different nation, uh, nations that are represented at Crossroads in Espanol, okay? And, and 
I come every Sunday. I tell you guys this. I, I go every Sunday, third service, not because I have to, because I don't have to, but I get to. You cannot imagine what it is to sit with your brothers and sisters who, for me, have a different skin color. They speak a different language. I can't speak any Spanish. I don't know what the heck's going on, okay? But all I know is this, is that we're singing and we're worshiping the same God, and Pastor One is preaching out of the same Bible, and it has been so beautiful. So beautiful. What God's doing in Crossroads in Espanol. So, looking forward, what does that look like? I don't know, before the end of the decade, why in the world can we not plant two, maybe three more churches? Why can't we? Why can't we do that? I think we can. I think that's what God is calling us to do. Edgar, Stephanie, Stephanie are sitting down here, I'm going to start crying just looking at them. Little Sophie there, part of Crossroads in Espanol. National and international mission partners. Last week we talked a lot about Hearts for Honduras. You know that my daughter is a missionary down in uh, Africa with East Mountain. One way, Rich Holtz uh, does ministry across the world, Samaritan's Purse. Oh, what I'm saying is, is that we want to continue to look for like-minded, like-minded mission partners that we can partner with, not just our money, but also with our people. So guys, so, so I think about this, right? What might this look like? So we're so blessed that we have two missionaries that are homegrown that came right out of our church. One just happens to be my daughter, uh, who's down in South Africa. The other is Rich Hulse. But guys, we should be celebrating at some point in the not-too-distant future when God in his sovereignty reaches down and says, you, brother, sister, whoever they may be, I'm calling you. God doesn't call all of us to the foreign mission field, but God's still calling people to that. That needs to be something that we have a vision for, that if we have a young person or maybe not so young that believes that God is calling that, to do all that we can to raise them up, to prepare them, to support them, to support them as they go out onto the mission field. God is calling us to be a kingdom-focused church. Right along with that, oh boy, this is on our heart as well. Not just a kingdom-focused church. This is probably a first cousin of this, but a community-focused church. And that's simply having a heart for those right here. You know, and i got to tell you now, there was a time way back in our history where if we were being really honest, we were more focused on the mission field across the pond, wherever that may have been, than the mission field that's a nine-iron from here. Saints, if we do not have a heart for the lost right in our own backyard. We are so blessed geographically. You know why? Because for those of you that come down Eola, you may not see this, but for those of you that are on Wolf's Crossing here, there are hundreds, I've heard, that. I don't know what the number, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes that are being, being built right here. You, you realize that? If you go down Wolf's Crossing, the way I got to go home to the, you know, to Plano, let me tell you, it's, it's, a, it's a parking lot every afternoon. What does that mean? That meant we should be licking our chops in a beautiful, wonderful, spiritual way. <laughs> Why? Because there's going to be hundreds, there's going to be thousands of people that are going to fill those hundreds of homes. And I'm sure that some of them are going to be believers, but I'm here to tell you there's going to be a whole lot more that don't know Jesus than know Jesus. We, we, that, we've got a, God is giving us a mission field literally right here. Yeah, right here. I had to look and see where I, Right here. So in terms of vision, how, I don't, again, we can only do our best. God does all the heavy lifting. But we will have a strategy to do the best that we can to reach those people that are, are soon, very soon going to be moving into those homes. Some of it's real simple, right? I don't know, door knockers, direct marketing, some of it, um, looking at ways that we can get into with uh, those neighborhoods, with neighborhood outreach. 
But guys, if we, don't, if we just look at that as more homes and it's just you know, a pain in the neck with traffic, then we're, we're missing the boat. We've got to have a heart for the lost, that there are people right outside our doors that do not know Jesus. Saints, we have the greatest news in the history of the world. We have what every human being who has ever lived, what they're searching for, we've got it. And it's not an it, it's not a thing, it's a him. His name is Jesus, and we know Jesus. And there needs to be a burning compulsion within us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. He's calling us to be a community-focused church. And along with that comes some of what we celebrated last week with all of our local missions partners. We want to deepen those relationships. We want to be nimble. We want to be relevant to their needs. And that runs the gamut. Hesed House, Wayside Cross, Rebuilding Together Roar, the local schools that were uh, partners that we have, Gombert, Boulder Hill, Bednarset, Waterleaf Women's Center. The list goes on and on and on. And again, as we talked about last week, yes, we want to reach out and help people with their real-world physical needs. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But even more importantly, we want to reach out with, 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 to meet the need that every person has, and that is their spiritual need for those who do not know Jesus. That's the kind of church that God is calling us to be. We will never, ever be a country club church. Not on my watch, not on your watch. We'll do all that we can to build you up, to strengthen you, to get you ready. But then when we walk out of here, we're walking out into the, you guys are. I sit in my little, you know, my, my little nest here, right? You guys are the ones that are out on the, front, on the front lines. And then finally, last but not least, okay, uh, saints, we need to be a financially healthy church. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not financially healthy, oh, by the way. By the way, I start talking about money and people leave. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that funny how that works? You'll see them all in just a moment. So let's dream a little bit, okay? So let's dream a little bit. What would it look like if our church was 100% completely debt-free? You say, well, I don't know, big deal. Okay, let me tell you why it's a big deal. Because right now, we spend about $250,000 a year servicing our debt, which of the size of church that we are, the amount of annual giving is not an inordinate number, okay? But here's the dream part. What would it look like if we took that $250,000 and it went right to the gospel? Right to the gospel. Think what the Lord could do with that in his goodness and in his sovereignty. So guys, I'm, you know, I'm, I tell you guys all the time, I'm now in my 60s. I blame everything on the fact that I'm in my 60s now. I can't remember anything. Well, it's in my, I'm in my 60s now. So I'm a lot closer to the end than I am the beginning. And you're not getting rid of me anytime soon. I'm not going anywhere soon. But I'm closer to the end than before. And I can't think of anything it's not about me, but there's nothing that would make me happier when that day comes and I'm dropping the keys off to somebody else for this church to be debt-free and to know that we got a lot of things going on. We always will. The church always will. But one thing we don't have to worry about is paying a mortgage. I've never been part of one of those mortgage-burning ceremonies. I don't know if you have, anybody. But there's nothing. You know, we get a little basket up here, and we're going to take that mortgage, and I'm going to light that sucker on fire and pour some gasoline or some carrot. Whoosh, it's going to go. Okay. For all of us that call Crossroads Home, and this is only for Crossroads Home, guys, when it comes to being a financially healthy church, let me just say, for all of us, there's always a next step. 
we're going to teach you biblical uh, generosity. We do about every 18 months, we do a simple little three or four week series on generosity, but there's a next step for all of us. I did some simple, simple, simple little math, okay? Of the 1,500 people that call Crossroads home, if you had had just 100 individuals or fans, just 100, just 100, okay, that either began to give or took the next step and gave $1,000 a year, not $1,000 a month, you know what that comes out to? $100,000. $100,000 a year of a generous church. Guys, um, this is commercial time. We do this every year. I want you to mark your calendars if you call Crossroads Home. But our annual town hall meeting is coming up on March the 2nd. If you've ever been to one of our town hall meetings, uh, we give you all the financial stuff as well as ministry stuff. So some of the stuff I'm talking about today, I'll be able to go into deeper detail. I'm giving you kind of the the short version uh, of that. And, and then the other part is that we, um, we answer any questions that you may have. And there's, somebody, you know, there's, there's always a couple of, you know, there's always a couple of doozies that come at us, but we do our best. We are completely open and transparent regarding the finances of the church, as well as everything else. Uh, it's a chance for you to see your elders, meet your elders if you don't know them, et cetera. Okay? So I would ask you, if you call this your church home, to mark your calendars. It's really, really, really important for that. Okay. I'm out of time. I know I threw a lot at you real quick, but we just felt like this was, obviously this was a very different kind of a service. Next week, we jump right back in in that book of, of Ephesians, but we felt like it was really important to, to bring all of this together and to do a little dreaming and a little imagining uh, of what it is and the type of church that God is calling us to. For the last time in the series then, uh, we put together, actually Melvin Melendez does it all, but he put together, this, and this graphic been really cool for seven weeks now, Love, Connect, Grow, Serve. Uh, vision and mission. And so our three little takeaways for today simply are this. Guys, God is on the move. All right? He's always on the move. God is on the move. Let's be humble. Let's stay on our knees and let's follow him. And then finally, all in. And when we're all in, oh, by the way, not all in for crossroads. When we're all in for Jesus, let's make that very, very clear. It's not about crossroads. It's about him. But when we're all in for Jesus, it is amazing what he can do. We like that little uh, graphic so much, and we've had just thousands of you wanting a, a decal for your <laughs> thousand. Want, we've had at least two of you that have wanted a decal for your cars. So as you exit today, each one of you is going to get one of this. You can put it on the back of your car. I did it first service. Let's see if I can do it second. That was horrible. Well, it wasn't so horrible. Oh, Charles. Charles got it. Good job. Okay. So you too can have what Charles has there. We're going to give those to you. Uh, as you leave, you can put those on your car. It's just a, a reminder. We're all in for Jesus. Vision, mission, love, connect, grow, serve. So here's the thing, guys. When we are all in for Jesus, uh, going back to what we talked about earlier, this when we are completely surrendered, when it is complete submission to him, it is amazing what God does. He does all the heavy lifting. But when we make ourselves available, he uses so many different things. He uses different people. He uses different ministries. He uses different relationships. He uses so many different things. And life change happens. Life change happens when we are all in. Thanks for joining us this week. I really hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like more information on Crossroads Community Church, you can check out our website at crossroadsconnect.net. And if you are ever in our area, we would love to have you visit us in person at 3003 South Eola Road in Aurora, Illinois. 
I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to having you join us again soon.